Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I am your Hanna-Barbera talking animal Cassidy, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Lava, they, them. I. What do we do after the intro? I don't remember. <laughs> do we... we the news? We do news. Uh, I think the 13 Ghost movie came out. Oh, nice. And Velma said trans rights. Yeah! So I'm just going to drop that in here. Hey, Cassidy. Trans rights. Okay. Um, and any questions that we put out a uh, request for, which we forgot to do. So if we do get some questions, uh, insert clip here. So we did get yeah. a question, a set of questions real quick. Awesome. So, all of these questions come in from Tanner at Sparky Upstart. First one, is Yogi Bear chaotic neutral? Huh. I think so. I think so. Like, my gut is maybe saying chaotic evil, but I don't even think that far. I think it's just, he, he wants, just wants to eat. He wants to eat. He wants to devour. Yeah. Definitely not chaotic good, but definitely chaotic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's chaotic neutral. He just wants to eat. Uh, McGill Gorilla live action. Do you make him a talking gorilla or a photorealistic cartoon in real life? Oh. I feel like if they do it, they would do it the second way, where, like, with the Yogi Bear car- er, movie, where, or the Scooby-Doo films, where they make a 3D animated version of the character that's, like, extra fuzzy and stuff like that. I would argue that with Megillah Gorilla, you should specifically do it in, like, a very poor version of the Roger Rabbit style. Mm. Also that would known certainly as, be like, interesting. the Cartoon City style, or, yeah, the Toon City style, where everything is realistic except for the cartoons that are sort of floating around in the space. Right. Um, and here we are. The last question from Tanner is, how does this Sinbad compare to the mythical one? Has he ever declared bankruptcy seven consecutive times due to not knowing how money works? Is that what happens in Sinbad? Is that what happens in Sinbad? I don't know. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't know anything about Sinbad. I don't don't even remember the Disney film. Uh, All I know is that um, Eris is amazing. Like, the... Animated animation wise, and that's literally it. Uh, neither of these stories were originally on One Thousand and One Nights. I don't think we ever mentioned that. Yeah, both of them were added by uh, translations, translators. Uh, a poor porter, one who carries goods for others in the market across throughout the city. Pauses to rest on a bench outside the gate of a rich merchant's house where he complains to Allah about the injustice of the world which allows the rich to live in ease while he must toil and yet remain poor. Sounds relatable. Mm. Uh, the owner of the house hears and sends for the porter, finding that they are both named Sinbad. The rich Sinbad leaves the, tells the poor Sinbad that he became wealthy by fortune and fate in the course of sovereign wondrous voyages, which he then proceeds to tell. Um... 
So he goes on less voyages. I think it's just the one, but I guess we could maybe count it as three. Maybe. Mm. There's also the uh, whatever voyages that he had been doing. Oh, wait, no, Sinbad, duh. Sinbad's not the captain. No. Sinbad is Magilla Gorilla. Yeah. I kept messing myself up thinking about that. Uh, in the first voyage, it turns out that uh, the island was a giant sleeping whale. So mm-hmm. they got that part in there. Rock eggs. There are rock eggs in in the second voyage. Yeah. Rock as in R-O-C, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's spelled different in the cartoon, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then what's the third one? There oh, is no golden the, toothbrush. The third one is the one with, I'm guessing, the Cyclops, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I think this one seems... The, the McGilly Gorilla one seems a little bit more, um... In line. Easier to ingest than some of these other versions, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Popeye <sighs> the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor, 1936. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't think McGilly Gorilla is going to go bankrupt. Mm-mm. Even with the stolen golden toothbrush. Yeah. All right. All right. What wonderful questions. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> this movie is a Scooby-Doo film in name only. Yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. Um yeah. this month we have already watched Scooby-Doo in Arabian Nights, originally known as just Arabian Nights. <sighs> It premiered on September 3rd, 1994, which is only four years before Zombie Island. It was written by Gordon Kent, directed by John Falkenstein and Joanna Romersa, uh, starring Casey Kasem as Shaggy Rogers, Don Messick as Scooby-Doo and Boo-Boo. This is his last film appearance as either of those characters. Greg Burson as Yogi Bear and a few other voices. Alan Melvin as McGilla Gorilla, also his last performance. And Frank Welker is, you know, just some birds and a robot dragon and stuff. You know, animal noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, of note, this is the last Scooby-Doo film by Hanna-Barbera Cartoons. The rest are done only by Warner Brothers Animation. Gosh. Going out with a bang, apparently. Yeah, a real swan song. <laughs> uh... This movie uh, has a different art style. It's based on, like, it's, like, almost like their pup named Scooby-Doo style. Yeah, that's what it was making me think of. It's an interesting art style. It's not bad. It's very cartoony, if you can say anything of, like, how cartoony. um, A cartoon is. (laughs) A cartoon is. Uh... It's 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 actually pretty decent. There are some strange choices on character designs in this movie. Uh but Shaggy looks good. Scooby looks like Scooby. Yeah, I mean like sometimes Shaggy looks a little weird, but that's usually only whenever they like zoom in on his face. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and get into the plot of the film. Yeah, we open the three plots. Yes. The Three Tales. Yeah. 
Uh, we open immediately on Shaggy and Scooby riding on some guy's magic carpet, and then we get a title card of just Arabian Nights. Of note, Scooby and Shaggy are both wearing fezzes, and Shaggy has like a vest, a waist sash, those little po- those poofier pants, and those shoes that curl at the toes. This uh, the guy riding driving the carpet is taking them to a palace where they're going to be royal food testers. Uh, it's like a taxi. Because like when they land, the guy hits the counter and is like, alright, it's 14 dinar. I, I kind of liked how this uh, bit was played. Is like, because Scooby and Shaggy are terrified of heights, apparently. And they just cower on this uh, grounded magic carpet for like a minute. While this poor um, taxi driver... Taxi carpet driver? There's a joke in there that I, I'd like to do, but I'm not clever enough for it. Uh, it's just like, okay, give me my money, please. You're, 14 you're, you're, dinar, please. Yeah. He asks like five times. It's He's got, funny. Like, a very specific voice, too. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> like, it's just kind of funny to me. Yeah. Just the way he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, they realize they landed and Shaggy hands him the the golden coins, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then as he walks away, the carpet was stuck in his waist sash and pulls it out from underneath the guy. Scattering uh, all the coins. Yeah. It's like, so- man! Come on! This like, animation team, be nice to this guy. How did that even get in that sash? Seriously. Uh, so, they walk up to a palace guard, which, so, for some reason, (sighs) in the Scooby-Doo sections of this film, the palace guards, and this is racist, this is a racist thing they decided to do, they basically use the same character design as all of their gorilla characters they've ever drawn. Yeah. And it's... Only specifically for the the palace guards in the Scooby-Doo section, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's bad. It's, it's very bad. bad. It's bad. We see three of these guards, or at least we see two later, and one of them might be this same guard. I think it's and the same. They have like the same facial hair, and that's the only thing yeah. that's making them different. I gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Like what the heck? But they let guard lets them in for the interview, and as they pass by, the guard calls them suckers. So Shaggy thinks is what's for dessert, which is probably the dumbest thing Shaggy has ever said. Yeah. Uh, the chef asks if they have any previous experience with food, which is also a very dumb thing to say. It's almost as dumb as the time when a cop pulled me over after I got in a car, or not pulled me over, but was asking me questions after I wrecked my car. Asked me if I had had anything to eat or drink this morning, and I said I had a Pop Tart. (laughs) (laughs) They go, they show them the Caliph's uh, lunch, and Shaggy's like, oh, I don't know what this sauce is, and stuff like that. And I'm like, Shaggy should know everything about all food. Yeah. That should be the only thing he knows everything about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as expected, Shaggy and Scooby eat the entire table's worth of food. The dishwasher tells them that, oh, you're checking the food for poison. So Shaggy's like, oh no, we died and we went to literal Christian hell. (laughs) 
but the dishwasher's like, no, you're alive, but you're going to be dead soon because you just ate the Caliph's entire lunch. And this is where we meet the Caliph, who is literally Mandark. Yeah, the design, the voice, it's mm, literally Mandark. And Mandark's like, ah, you ate all my food. I guess, I, I mean, the law says that that means you're sentenced to death. And so there's a chase scene, and Shaggy and Scooby hide in the dedicated harem room. Yeah. Hmm. Mandark kicks the guards that chase Shaggy and Scooby into the room out, so he can pick his wife. Who ends up being Shaggy in disguise, who tries to get out of it by telling him a story that would put him to sleep so he can leave. And so we get our first side story here of Ali Adin in... And the magic lamp, which is just a retelling of Aladdin that's a little bit different, but not really. No. Uh, we have the uh, Jafar-esque character escorts a princess out, because the prince is just like not into any of the princesses that they've found so far. It's just trying to find the right one. Apparently he was a, the girl he was supposed to marry went missing as a child. Uh, they don't give us a name. Well, it's an important character later. Like, it's not even a surprise. Yeah, if you know anything about uh, this kind of story, you know who it is. Yeah, um, it's this lady that the prince sees washing clothes by a river. Mm-hmm. Immediately after this scene. is like, oh, hey, there's the person that we were just talking about. And the prince is like, oh, I'm interested in her. But in the meantime, the current sultan, a.k.a. the prince's father... Just calls for all the no- noble ladies to show up tomorrow so the prince can will pick someone. Because he is going to die soon and he needs an heir that can have heirs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Haman is the name of the advisor slash vizier Jafar. versus... Yeah, it's Jafar. It's white Jafar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, Haman wants the prince to not pick anyone, so he doesn't become sultan, I guess. So he can become sultan, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the prince never gets a name, by the way, just so everyone knows. I'm not just calling him the prince because I don't remember his name. He literally does not have a name. Yeah, in the credits, it's Rob Paulson, prince. Uh, the lady at the river sees the prince watching and then runs away before he can stop her. But then he finds a se- her scarf or something that she had dropped. Uh, Haman talks to an evil dude in an amulet, which is something that Jafar does not do. <laughs> I thought, oh, weird, he already has the genie. No, it's like, just like an evil dude. I don't get it. Like, what is the power behind this random gem? Can I, it grant wishes? No. No, it just is like, here's Pro- what you should do, and here's how you I, do it. I guess it's a prophet, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, after this scene, it basically just stops being important. Yeah. As, I don't think we ever never, see... We never see it again, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as he, uh, Haman talks to the evil gem dude, he's just like, ah, we kidnapped that girl so that eventually we can rule. Uh, Haman's like, oh, I need stronger magic. <laughs> and the evil's mm-hmm. like, ah, go to the cave of one... I mean, tomb of riches. <laughs> Where you'll find a magic lamp, but only the pure of heart can enter. 
So you have to get Ali Adin to enter the tomb and get the lamp. Ali Adin being the name of the girl that was at the river slash the princess that got kidnapped by them as a child. Mm-hmm. Of note, like I want to just point this out. Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin came out two years before this movie. So just just mentioning that. Yeah. It's like, mm, yeah. Of all the stories they could have chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alia, after being talked to about Haman, by Haman about going to the tomb, runs into the prince. He tries to confess to her, but she has to run to get to the pa- to get to the tomb for tonight. I guess I didn't realize it was that far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, told to take only the lamp, and then the tomb has like flowers that grow gold and trees that grow gems and stuff. Yeah. Uh, she picks a flower because she thought it was just a regular flower, but because it's actually a gold coin, the tomb collapses so she can't get out. She rubs the lamp, and then Yogi Bear shows up 20 minutes into this movie. Yeah, I... Mm, I will say, like, of the two stories in the framing device, this first story, in the sense that it's meant to be, you know, a cameo kind of story is the not good one. Yeah. Um, Because I didn't even realize that Yogi Bear was going to be in this. Like, I had forgotten all the details that I had known, and I was watching it, and I'm like, Oh! Yogi Bear? What the heck? And hey! Oh, hey! It's Boo Boo! Yeah, so Genie Yogi, he's got, like, the wispy tail and everything, keeps trying to eat gem fruits... That grew on the trees, but he's like, ah, I can't eat these because they're rocks. And then Boo Boo climbs out of the lamp because he's a genie in training and can't fly yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back at the palace, the Sultan can't sleep, asks Haman for a potion. So I guess Haman makes, like, a coma potion? I thought he was just gonna murder him. I thought so, too. But then, like, after he also gives it to the prince because the prince is like, I'll marry someone tomorrow because I know you're worried. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Haman poisons him too, and then like locks him up and shapeshifts into the prince. So I guess they didn't actually die; they should have just died. Yeah. Uh, Yogi is showing a bunch of food magic to explain the whole genie deal, and then she goes ahead and gives two wishes, which are she wishes for the Sultan to be healthy and for her to be worthy of the prince. Now, if she's wishing for the Sultan to be healthy, shouldn't he wake up? That's a good point! Yeah! He doesn't. Uh, No. uh, But yeah, then they'd magic her into, like, a princess dress and give her, like, a huge dowry of money and gems and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boo-Boo does a bewitched and wiggles his nose to cast some magic to get them out of the tomb. And then he proceeds to vanish literally all of the competition. Yeah! Mm. It's kind of interesting. Uh, where did they go? Um, where? They just disappeared. And we never see them again. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing Boo Boo just moved to them somewhere else. 
I feel like that would be the boo-boo thing to do. I think Yogi would have literally just destroyed them. Yeah, so probably. would have the foresight to just put them somewhere else instead. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Haman, who shapeshifted into the prince, gets the lamb from Alia just because he's like, oh, I know you love me. Can I get that lamp from you? And then he sheds the disguise to take control. She just gives it to him. Like, just, just joyfully hands it over. I guess fair. she doesn't know. Yeah, and if it was just like the regular prince, it probably would have gone fine. Yeah. Uh, so Haman wishes one to be sultan. And then once he's sultan, he has Alia thrown in jail. Uh, these guards, as I mentioned earlier, don't look racist as far as I can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, once in the jail, Alia breaks the chain of the prince and then just prays to Allah for help. <laughs> Which is a weird inclusion, but I'm not gonna just say not do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... nothing comes of it. Um, Haman tries to make a second wish for universal domination, but the entire time the bears are just like, Everybody always wants more power, couldn't you just... Ask for a sandwich and be done with it. Like, <laughs> and Boo just like, yeah, they're all so greedy. I don't understand. <laughs> um, but then when he wishes for universal domination, uh, Alia ends up smaller than the door so she can slip out. But the rest of the palace seems regular sized. Because like when she gets out there, everyone else's and all the other doors are fine. Hmm. <laughs> And then she gets outside of the palace, and we see Haman as a giant holding up the palace and, like, basically the entire planet as he floats in space, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so because she's smaller, she sneaks into the lamp and drags it away, so when Haman tries to make a third wish, he can't because she has control of the lamp again. Uh, and she wishes for everything to be as it should be, which is a very subjective wish. Anyways, so that means that the prince and the sultan are fine. Haman gets thrown in jail. Alia was the princess all along. They all mm, live happily surprise. ever after. Um, and you mentioned this to me when you watched it, is that she gets three wishes again. Yeah, after she loses the lamp to Haman, and she gets it back again, her number of wishes reset. Because then she wishes for everything to go back to normal, for her to be a princess... And then for, like, the biggest wedding ever. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the story, Booba becomes a full genie and magics Yogi up a basket. A picnic basket? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So that's the first story. Yep, so we end up back with uh, the adventures of Shaggy and Scooby. And uh, Mandark. Yeah, and Mandark. Shaggy finishes the story and tries to sneak away, but Mandark is still awake and is like, Oh, alright, that's a nice story, let's get married now. Uh, he summons the royal dressmaker to make Shaggy something better to wear. Mandark specifically calls Shaggy smart, loads of fun, and a babe. Uh, part of this is, like, they mentioned it earlier, it's like his glasses broke or something. Oh, yeah. Which is why I guess he doesn't immediately recognize the person that he was trying to have murdered. I guess. Scooby then is disguised as the dressmaker's assistant. And while they wait for the dress to be altered, Shaggy tells another story. Story of Sinbad the Sailor. 
Yes. So I'm not familiar, like that familiar with the story of Sinbad the Sailor, so I don't know how yeah, accurate this one is to the story compared to the Aladdin thing. Mm-hmm. But this one is the... We get a bunch of pirates running off the ship because the captain is going wild about finding some dangerous treasure or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Magilla Gorilla is here. <laughs> Magilla Gorilla is showing up for a cruise. Yes. And at the dock, there's and- a big cruise ship and the pirate ship on the right. He's like, ah, I don't know which ship is the right one. I'm going to go with the pirate ship because it's on the right. Yes. It's like, okay, this particular story is the better of, like, all three of them. Because the jokes are really solid yeah, I also in some of these. I think it could just be, like, a standalone Magilla Gorilla episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because Magilla Gorilla is, like, the protagonist. Yeah. Also of note, Magilla Gorilla doesn't show up 20 minutes into the story. Yeah, he's just here from the get-go, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets on the pirate ship, and the captain's like, fine, I need a crew anyways, I'll just pretend it's a cruise and get them to do everything for me. Um, by saying, like, oh, we're doing a scavenger hunt, or mm-hmm. raise the anchor by pretending it's a fish and whoever catches the fish wins. Yeah. Um, so the captain wants to find three treasures. I don't know if these are the three treasures from Sinbad or anything like that, but it is a rock's egg, a gems from the stream of riches, I think is what it's called. I think so. It's further in my notes and I just can't find it right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And a golden toothbrush. (laughs) So I'm guessing that last one isn't correct, but... (laughs) (laughs) It must be a golden something. Yeah. Uh. Um, so the first one is the rock's egg. They find it, and Magilla Gorilla just walks straight up the side of a cliff. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's like... Like, there's no... Oh, I'm gonna get ready, or anything like that. He just walks up the cliff like He's it's like, no one's business. Oh yeah, this will be easy, and then just horizontally like just goes straight <laughs> up. It's very uh. funny. And then um, the captain attempts to do the same thing, and immediately falls. Yeah. It's that cartoony running off the side of a cliff for several feet before looking down and falling kind of thing, where he managed to get up for a decent, like, off the frame, and then falls. Mm-hmm. Um, captain eventually does get up there and immediately is like, ah, oh, this egg's mine. So he was like, all right. You can get it down then. <laughs> and has to do a bunch of Wily Coyote stuff in order to get the egg off. Um, eventually, they get it off and on the ship, and they get chased by the mama bird across the sea, which continues to drop rocks on them, which eventually sinks the ship, but also the Where egg does she it. get? Where does she get all the rocks there in the middle of the sea? She has like four of them. Well, it's a rock I'm bird. S- I guess. Just, they're giant boulders. Yeah. I, honestly, this bird also looks like it's part dragon, so... Yeah. Um, but when it does sink the ship, it gets real sad because it's like, oh no, the egg was in that ship. Um, but then the sh- uh, and then while the ship is sank, the cruise ship just drives over it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ship's fine. We see it again. It's got, you know, a board over it, so it's in pieces, not fully falling apart. 
Yeah, okay. So the next treasure is Jewels from the Stream of Precious Gems. Mm-hmm. Which is like a roller coaster, but actually a log flume. <laughs> and this is, this would make a good uh, Scooby-Doo plot of precious gems hidden in a an amusement park ride. Yeah, like someone would try to steal it and then they'd pretend to be a monster or something. Yeah. Um, so Captain steals some of the gems from on the ride. And then gets chased by an animatronic shark. And then finds Davy Jones's locker, which is like a football locker. And Davy Jones is holding a jeweled football. He steals mm-hmm. that. Gets chased by an animatronic octopus. Yeah. Uh, there's a treasure chest just full of gems. Takes that. And then the entire log that they're in gets eaten by a two-headed robo-dragon. And then spit out through the mountain facade and onto the boat. It, it's it. so interesting. This whole thing. It's an interesting concept. It's executed so boringly. Like, I think it might just be um, the fact that it's the same joke three times. Oh, it's a, an animatronic thing. Yeah. But it's, I found this part just so boring. Yeah, but and uh, they're animatronics, which is also weird, I guess, about it, because they 100% have, like, one full willpower and know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, it could have just been a shark. Uh, it could have been an octopus. Yeah. It could have been a dragon. Uh, who knows. Um, but finally, they go for the golden toothbrush and like, so they have to walk across a field of geysers. McGilla saves the captain from falling to death after being blasted up by a geyser. And then it's like, no smooch? And the captain says, after we find the toothbrush. It's 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 executed pretty well. Yeah, like, there's like a certain amount of hurt in McGilla Gorilla's voice after he says no smooch. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it does that classic cartoon bit where there's just like a million signs that are pointing the way to the toothbrush. <laughs> and it is still kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it's just... What gets me, what gets me about this is the end. Uh, who exactly is at the end of all of these signs? Yeah, so McGilly Grill has to go down into a valley and then into a cave. And at the end of the cave is the Cyclops' house. It says M. Cyclops Esquire. <laughs> and we knock on the door and it's just like a giant in one of those sort of like velvet robes. <laughs> like the kerchief, and it's a cyclops wearing a monocle. He... Oh my gosh! Now, now, not necessarily wearing a monocle in the sense that oh, he's wearing glasses and he has one eye. He has a monocle. Yeah. That he pulls up to his eye. Uh, he's voiced by Maurice Lamarche, who is uh the voice of the brain from Pinky and the Brain. Uh, it's just. This character is so funny to me. Yeah, uh, he thinks Magilla is there to sell Gorilla Scout cookies. And it's like, I, I guess if you're here, I'll take a box of pan- peanut butter banana dreams. And honestly, same. <laughs> those sound pretty good. Same. Yeah. Magilla's like, man, I love those cookies too. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to see the toothbrush. And he's like, fine, uh. it's third door on your left. 
Taurus. <laughs> it's like, why? Why is the toothbrush such a big deal? Why does this Esquire uh, have one million signs leading to the toothbrush? It's like to that's where his the private was, residence. And then he had to build a house around it and then just also used the toothbrush. Maybe? I don't know. God. I don't know. Um, but McGill is taking a weirdly long amount of time. And so I was like, we gotta hurry up. I have tickets to cats. And they were very hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but it turns out McGill had left through the window in the bathroom in this cave. Uh, but the Cyclops climbs out the window and follows because that toothbrush is 24 karat gold and has bristles that are very stiff for deep cleaning and a satisfying gum massage. <laughs> <laughs> he says to the camera and then smiles so his teeth can sparkle. Oh, God. I just I love this stupid character so much. Uh, so Magilla sees eels taking bananas and then flying up to the top of the cliff. So he eats a banana and then hides in the field to get a ride up to the top. Cyclops and the Cyclops is just standing there like, um, that just happened and slowly reaches for the banana. And an eagle comes down and snatches it up. It's like, no! It's just like, there's something about the timing of this whole joke yeah. that is so funny. The Cyclops calls an elevator that is into the side of the cliff. And is uh, manned by an elevator, like butler type person. Those people that presses the buttons and switches and stuff for you. Uh, for the person, floor, please. Yeah, but that person's a triclops, which I think is also funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when he gets in the elevator, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss the opening song of Cats." <laughs> oh, he just God. keeps talking about cats. It's very funny to me. Uh, uh, geyser, or the Cyclops gets up there, chases the captain and Megillah, but then he gets blown away by a geyser. Um, <laughs> they get in the boat to go away, but it turns out the island was a whale. And I don't it ends know. up sinking the ship. And then they get run over by the cruise ship again. They end up back at the docks. Megillah takes all of the jewels. And the captain's like, well, at least I had the egg. I can make, uh, I can make up for losing the jewels and then some but then the egg hatches breaking the boat in half um and then the mama bird shows up so that plot line gets resolved uh, mm -hmm. the cyclops gets off of the cruise ship that also got back in the dock at the same time and gets the toothbrush back from Megillah by just sort of taking it and running away yeah and there's a joke where the cyclops is talking to two other tourists and it, it gives the impression that the Cyclops has been conversing with them for several days at least. So it's it's a very confusing situation to me. Like, we don't know how far away Cyclops Island is from the docks. I guess so. Um, so the end um, of that story. Everyone ended up living happily ever after except for the pirate captain, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, Mandark is still really into Shaggy, so the cook brings in a wedding cake. Um, the chef recognizes Shaggy and Scooby immediately. Uh, so they hide in the cake, and then it gets cut up by a bunch of 
guards, which also breaks Shaggy's disguise. And then Mandark spares them as long as Shaggy stays on as a royal storyteller. And then they all eat cake. Scooby Dooby Doo. <sighs> yep. But it's not the worst Scooby Doo movie on our list. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what did you think about it? It, mm, it was okay. Like, the, the fact that the second story was so funny to me kind of saved it, because I I watched the first, like, 30 minutes, and I was like, I hate this, this is the worst one yet. And then it got to the, um, the second story, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of funny. I like this a little bit. Uh, the framing device, eh, it's, it's okay. Can we, you know, separate out each story? <laughs> uh, we can do that if we're just ranking it within the story, but I think as a whole, yeah. we need to rank yeah. it based on the full package. Yeah. I will say, okay, in that case, I'm going to suggest, uh, Sinbad the Sailor first, uh, Ali Adin second, framing device third. Absolutely, I think. Yes. A lot of that also has to do with the fact that we don't get a whole lot of the framing device to begin with. Yeah. Like, it's at least half as long as every other part, if not shorter than that. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, five minutes in the beginning, five minutes in the middle, five minutes at the end. That's generous. mm Mm-hmm. So, very short. Um... But I think overall, Megilla Gorilla is in fact a mammal with whom we relate. Yes. It just wants to go on vacation. Yeah. Have fun. Have a good time. <sighs> but as a Scooby-Doo movie, let's figure out where it ranks. Oh, also, this is apparently like the last time Megilla Gorilla appears in anything until oh Harvey gosh. Birdman attorney at law. Wow. Wow. Alright. I guess the question is, is this movie better than Music of the Vampire? No. I don't think so. No. No. Is this movie better or worse than Scooby Goes Hollywood? See, that's a question. Because Scooby Goes Hollywood has a similar kind of setup. Yeah. It has a framing device and several stories. I'll be honest, I have completely forgotten everything that happens in Scooby Goes Hollywood. Uh, let me give you the rundown. Uh, Scooby or Shaggy convinces Scooby that they deserve more of a role as more than just bit characters in a television show, so they stop doing Scooby Doo. That's right. And then they do a bunch of one-off things where Scooby's trying to do any other type of film, and it fails horribly every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually. They have to convince Scooby to get, join back with Scooby at the end because all of the children around the world are like, Scooby-Doo, we love you. Yes. Um, I'm going to just put out there that it's going to be somewhere around this area because Boo Brothers and Reluctant Werewolf are worse. Absolutely. I'm just going to say that. This is like so, a key question, and I do think Hollywood is worse because I think the Megilla Gorilla section alone is funnier than anything that happens in Scooby Goes Hollywood. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, I think, yeah, 
that's going to be the case here. Because Scooby-Doo's Hollywood is just several bad things. Like, I don't even think any of the stories were particularly good in Scooby-Doo's Hollywood. Yeah, it's... They were just there. And there was that whole, like, subplot where Shaggy didn't even want Scooby originally. Yeah, that's dumb. wrong with me. All right, yeah, I agree. It's better than Scooby-Doo's Hollywood. Yeah, okay. So is this movie better than Zombie Island? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say no. Fair. I don't have any arguments against it. Yeah. Unless. It has a better plot. Like, there's three plots in this movie, um, and only one of them is actually somewhat decent. I mean, well, by somewhat decent, I mean executed decently. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Alia Dean one is just straight up Aladdin. Yeah. So it has a plot, but it's one that we're familiar with. Yeah, I mean, my only argument, I guess, is that it also has extra characters, but even then, that it doesn't save it. <laughs> no. All right. Do we have any other thoughts? Um, I think that's all we have on this film. Yeah, it, it's in name only. It Because it is labeled Scooby-Doo, we had to do it. Yeah. But I was going, I honestly would have argued, hey, can we just skip this? This isn't, isn't a Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah, it was, like I said, originally it wasn't even called a Scooby-Doo movie. It was just called Arabian Nights. But because yeah. they rebranded it to try to make it sound like Scooby-Doo was more important in the film, we're going to have to cover it. Yeah. Alright, um, so yeah, that brings the new listing to Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, Scooby-Doo Goes Hollywood, Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo Mask of the Blue Falcon, Scooby-Doo and Ghoul School, Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase. Mm-hmm. And I'm now trying to decide whether or not Laugh Olympics count as a film, but I don't think Laugh Olympics counts as a film, so I don't think we have to do it yet. Well, that's about it. Yeah. That's all I had. Um, so, next month is fun. Next month is... Our anniversary. Yeah. We have some stuff planned. Gonna be good. Probably. Probably. I'm speaking it into existence. It's gonna be good. Alright. Uh, we'll see you then. I don't want to ruin the surprise just yet. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Twitter at. Gosh. At Kids and Their Dog. That's yes, right. Uh, you can find our website at kidsandtheirdog.wordpress.com. It's really just an archive, but I noticed that I had messed up something to where iTunes was only showing the 10 most recent episodes, so I had to go back and fix it. Should all be mm. good now, though. But if that ever happens again, either let me know or just let me know. And in the meantime, you can always find all the old stuff on the website. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Madlobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find me on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. Uh, and you can find what I will call our sister programs, uh, Pre-Pod Engage, which is a recap show of the entire Pretty Cure franchise, starring me and the real host of the show, Charlie. 
uh, former guest of this show. It's a good one. I enjoy it, despite not having watched any Pretty Cure before this. And then we also have another show, which is... I'm planning on having it upload on the opposite side of the month than this show, called Hey, Let's Talk About It, with me, Charlie, and Crash, where we get together and we talk about things. Uh, you can find those at Prepod Engage and at Hey, Let's Talk Cast, respectively. Oh, I mean, I totally forgot to mention that this, despite me constantly saying that this was going to be our last movie with Scrappy-Doo, it turns out I was wrong and Scrappy-Doo wasn't even in it. Yeah, thank goodness. This, it would have been uh, a little bit much. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot to deal with. So until next time, we got a gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale. McGilla Gorilla for sale. For sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. Buy him, take him, try him. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. Don't you want a gorilla you could call your own? A little gorilla be with you when you're all alone. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, we kill a gorilla for sale. Don't you call him a monkey, he don't got no tail. And if any did, then McGilla the monkey would be for sale. With shoes on his feet, suspenders, and a hat on his head. There's not much about a dear little gorilla that hasn't been said. We got a gorilla for sale, we kill a gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, we kill a gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, we kill a gorilla for sale. Except for Mr. Peebles, he don't like primates. McGill Gorilla just isn't a mammal with whom he relates. He'll sell you a cat or a dog or a bird or a tiny goldfish. But down deep beside Mr. Peebles, he's got himself only one wish, saying, We got a gorilla for sale, McGill Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGill Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGill Gorilla for sale. There's a girl called Oji and she wants to buy a little gorilla from Peebles, he ain't asking why. Just get that thing on my window, you can hear him cry. But she's got no money. Mr. Peebles almost died, saying, We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. Won't you buy him? I take him for try him. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. Won't you got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale. We got a gorilla for sale, McGilla Gorilla for sale.